This is it. This is Wednesday, and it's uh, June 28th. It's Wes and Sid marking themselves safe from big storm June 2023. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> I know. <laughs> wow, uh. that was... That was something that was more than it, it seemed to be. It, uh, I, you were, you're on your, uh, your place in Arkansas, right? Yes, yes. We, we, we are over here, but it was windy and rainy, but not as bad as Memphis, especially Millington, Bartlett, and, uh, and Lakeland. And the sixth worst storm as far as power outages, says MLGW. Really? I believe Yes, it. yes. And um, still, you know, they're still working to restore power. It's they're, they've restored considerably more homes and businesses from yesterday, but the number is going to continue to change. So, I mean, I don't even know if I should say it, but yeah, it's I mean, going to hopefully keep going down. Yeah, <laughs> so of course, that's... of course. But, uh, you know, if people don't have AC, don't have power, don't have AC at work to go to work, uh, it's hot this week. So there are actually some places that people might be interested that they could go to to cool off okay. Raleigh and the Raleigh and Cordova libraries, the Hollywood Library, the Fraser Raleigh Senior Center, and For the Kingdom on Raleigh Millington Road are open for people to go and just be in the be in the AC because it's just getting hotter and hotter this week. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I, we had it come through here in Cordova. It was a nice, fierce kind of storm, and <laughs> nice and fierce. Well, in the it same was with for a storm, and and because well, I mean, it's I'm one of those people I like watching a good storm from someplace where I'm basically dry. So you, yeah, out the porch, you know out the garage safe. door, you know that right, kind of right. thing. Yeah, and, and this one was you know fun in that regard, but uh, we lost power. I guess around eight o'clock on Monday night. And we're out for probably 18 hours. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you lost it Monday, not Sunday? I'm thinking back. Yeah, no, Sunday. I'm, yeah, I'm 18 hours. Oh, yeah. gosh, Wesley. Yeah, so wow. that was that was some warm times. And yeah. uh, the adding on top of that, my dad had two doctor appointments scheduled for Monday. Oh, yeah. And so I leave early to get to his place, which isn't that far away. But I knew that traffic lights are going to be out because we didn't have power. So I presumed yeah. a lot of the area didn't have power. And I was right. And yeah. so I'll give credit. Most people behaved and played very nicely at the downed uh, the street uh, traffic lights and mm -hmm. did them like four-way stops, mostly like they were supposed to. <laughs> they were, I had to use my horn once and saw like two wrecks. <laughs> So oh, it wasn't perfect by any means, but it was actually people behaved better than I expected. So that's a good thing. But it turned out that the uh, both of the doctor's places didn't have power anyway. So he oh, had to no. reschedule and oh. I had to drive back through all of that, got back and said, not going anywhere until power is, is back up on a more widespread basis. It was weird also how kind of spotty it was. Hmm. There, I went through... I don't know, eight or 10 intersections, two of them had lights and were working just fine. But the next one down was out in a four way stop. So isn't that the weirdest thing, how the grid is And my, in my neighborhood in Arlington, it blinked, my neighbor said, but it never went out. But then my brother who lives in Arlington too, and he only lives like four minutes away, maybe two miles away, yeah. lost power for five and a half hours. Jeez. So it's so, just crazy. Yeah, it is. It's crazy. And there was a friend of mine who lives in uh, the Berkeley area. Never mm -hmm. lost power. Didn't really, 
see that things were all that bad until he was driving home from, uh, he works at FedEx and he drove, was driving home and saw, well, there's, there's a power outage right here in this neighborhood. Okay. Well, so detour. Oh, there's a tree down over here. Well, that's bad. Oh, <laughs> it wasn't until he got home and realized from the, I guess, news someplace, just how bad it, it really was. And it, some people have suffered mightily. I saw one house that had a big tree, that must have been a 50, 70-year-old tree fall on oh, it. Oh, gosh. And Ooh. a couple of other trees down or partway down. One on my way to my dad's house, mm-hmm. the this tree had come down partway and hit another tree uh, across the street. And that was the only thing propping this fallen, partly fallen tree up and keeping it completely off oh, the road. Wow. So yeah. that's, that's probably been downed and handled by now. So yeah, thanks to all of the MLGW workers and the contract workers they brought in for getting yeah. on this right away, even though I know plenty of people probably bitched about it taking too long or it's still taking too long, but there's there's a lot of, it was what, the fourth worst ever, you said? The sixth, yeah. The, sixth like as far as says, it's the sixth worst as far as the number of customers uh, affected. So that's, I mean, I mean, the winds were like Hurricane Elvis winds because they're like 75 miles an hour. Right. So and we lost power when we lived in Memphis during Hurricane Elvis, not Arlington. We lost power for a week. However, across the street, the neighbors had power. <laughs> See that? I mean, so that the same. Yeah, the same sort of thing happened to me when I, I lived in uh, Cooper Young at the time, and mm-hmm. my block. I mean, the the uh, my house, the house behind me, and then you know down the down the block that way, yeah. are were like apparently on their own little grid for some reason. So <laughs> after a. About a week, I guess, the houses across the street and across the street from the ones behind me and then further down the street on both sides, just uh, you know, past the intersection, the corner, they had power and we're still sitting there in the dark. So uh, our, our across the street neighbor, uh, Kathy, we literally ran an extension cord from her house across the street over to ours so we could at least that's have air conditioning awesome. for a, <laughs> yeah, day, yeah, a couple yeah. of days. Oh, that's so, awesome. So mad. Wasn't the worst from that, though, because this, the house across the street, the other direction, since I was on a corner, mm-hmm. uh, had a big tree fall and completely destroy their house. So oh. it could have been worse. Yep, could could have been worse. We, yeah, we with that for that for Hurricane Elvis, we borrowed a generator. We now own a generator. Good have call. only had to use it once though, um, because oddly our old neighborhood would just go out at the drop of a hat, not even storm related. And today, uh, some friends are borrow have borrowed the generator because they have no power. <laughs> See, so. it's come full circle. Look at you yes. go. Exactly. So the text exactly. line is eight seven eight nine four two zero. If you've got any horror stories or good stories that you want to share, feel free to text those in, along with anything else. And the lawyer Bill is here tomorrow. And if you have questions for him, something you're involved in legally, or just a weird legal question you have, send those on in too. Definitely, definitely. And there are a there are a couple of t- well, we can get into text later. Yeah, I think sure. though there was a. I think there was a comment, though, about, mm, uh, oh, oh, uh, Sherry said they lost power, uh, but only for about 30 seconds. Don't play with me, MLGW, she (laughs) she says. Somebody else says they didn't lose power, but they lost power on Father's Day. I don't... That's oh, weird. Father's Day! We did we did have some some bad weather later yeah. in the day. I remember now. Yeah, that that uh, text that first one about uh, don't tease me. Yeah, that happened 
before we actually lost power, period, full stop. And it went out and then came back on about five seconds later. And I was in the middle of typing something and saving it. And then it went out Uh, again. And that happened uh, two more times. And then it was done. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So... So will it? It wouldn't save the draft really quick, or does oh, your, it? It, does, it did. It had. It has okay. auto recovery, so I didn't oh, permanently good. lose anything. But uh, yeah, good. that was that was a nice headache. And yeah, and uh, let's see. Tommy says Bartlett is a war zone. Had to flee to Hardeman County. Ugh. <laughs> so he must have family there. At least they can put him up. Laura says we were lucky in South Haven this time. It's always a coin toss. Who gets it? Sorry for those, especially without power. So, yep. I mean, at least. MLGW has has help because yeah. it's only going to get hotter this week. That's right. So uh, they're working on it. it. Numbers going down. If you don't have power right now and are listening to this and draining your precious phone battery, uh, first of all, yeah. thanks. But uh, yeah. it, it should be getting better soon. Yes. So patience. Speaking of, uh, well, just cities and yeah. how they're run and things like that. There's a story from Wallet Hub that looked at three dozen metrics in six main categories to figure out the best run cities in America. Well, oh, best be and worst. I know because there's always, you know, they always have to put like the top, the best 10 and the worst 10 or whatever. Right. Uh, so overall quality of city services category, like financial stability, uh, uh, let's see economy, uh, which covers like median household income, unemployment rate, job growth rate, uh, health, like life expectancy and quality of hospitals education, safety and infrastructure and pollution. And I'll give you the, can you guess if any best run cities are around here? Uh, uh, (laughs) This is a trick question, right? (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) The only one, the, the only two that might come to mind and I'm really, I'm stretching on this uh, Nashville Knoxville or Little Rock could, I think, maybe potentially be somewhere not near the bottom. Let's say that that way. Well, you there's one of those that's not that's sort of in the middle, I guess, upper middle. Okay. Uh, let's let's the the best run cities: Missoula, Montana; Las Cruces, New Mexico. Which that's the second time I've seen the word of that city like one was on a truck the other day and it's in a song that i like anyway tangent uh sioux falls south dakota fort wayne indiana which now i'm thinking of indianapolis fort wayne fort I knew wayne somebody is up in the northeast of indiana. okay yeah i knew somebody who worked at a station there uh lincoln nebraska provo utah boise idaho potatoville um <laughs> a place in new hampshire nashua i don't know how to say it Lexington, Fayette, Kentucky, which almost made huh, me think, oh, okay. where Drake is from, but he he's actually from Murray. Mm-hmm. And then the best-run city, according to Wallet Hub, because the, this is number one in total budget per capita category, is Nampa, Idaho. So, yeah, with the exception, I guess, of Lexington, which it, it said it said it like the whole county was part of it. These are mm-hmm. all smaller cities. Mm, yeah, and I think so. The smaller cities, they have you know a generally lower budget, but they also have less that they have to do. So, yeah, true. All right. So keeping very, that in very mind. good point, Wesley. So keeping that in mind, you right. said you 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 guessed at Little Rock, Nashville, and Knoxville. Right. Little Rock was number sixty on the list. Okay. 
so not too, too bad. They go up to, I guess, about 149 or something. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you where Memphis and Nashville fall in a, in a minute. Okay. The worst, the very worst run cities, the very worst, uh, San Francisco. See, a, a big, big city, Yep. Uh, very expensive to live in, a huge homelessness problem. Yeah. Oh, okay. yes, yes, yes. Now, the next one, though, this isn't how big is Chattanooga? Because they're at the they're at 148 worst run cities. I will check that. I'm not sure, you know? but they're a, I guess a full size sort of city. Let's a see. A lot of the, yeah. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga. Choo choo. Uh, fourth <laughs> right. largest city in Tennessee. Population yeah. of 181,000. So, huh? Not not really super huge. What's not really super huge, but maybe they have issues. The we're talking about the best and worst run cities as right. far as Wallet Hub is okay, concerned. Okay, pause by way of comparison. The population okay. of Memphis per the 2020 census, like the Chattanooga, 633,000. So, like... Oh, wow, yeah. So, Chattanooga, fourth largest in town and in, in the state, but also you know, less than half of the population of Memphis. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, another uh, One that you would expect, the next few you would probably expect, New York worst run city again uh, huge yes cleveland okay well it's cleveland packed and uh, yeah it's cleveland i mean you know anywhere in ohio whatever flint michigan yeah <laughs> heard we stories <laughs> yeah okay uh, gulfport mississippi yeah we know about mm -hmm. gulfport uh and jackson well that's not gulfport but anyway yeah. oakland california okay i can't picture yeah, where it's near the la oh yeah, yeah okay hartford connecticut Huh, okay. No, I That's don't know. a weird surprise. Connecticut. Tacoma, Washington. I'm not sure where that is or how I, big that is. Me neither. And uh, and the, in the top 10 worst run cities, of course, at least we're not Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but not yeah. good. Detroit is at 140 on this list of 150. That means it's in the bottom. That means it's one of the worst run cities. Memphis lands at 136. Okay, uh, so we're not that far away. I uh, know. And then Nashville lands at 125. Okay. Mm. Wow. All so, right. So there we lay with that. Yeah, uh, I just looked up Tacoma. Tacoma, it's 200-something thousand in 2020. So they do have some bad organization problems because that number one town in New Mexico is about the same size as Tacoma. Wow. And yeah, Las Cruces is number nine. So it's oh, in the top okay, of the best run cities. And then, uh, then, then, and then Tacoma is one of the t yeah. bottom 10, the I worst run. Huh, that's interesting. Okay. So, interesting. and we fall near the bottom, but uh, not in the bottom 10. So yeah. So go us. So, right. So if you want to get <laughs> out of your poorly run city, uh, yeah. a lot of people are going to be doing that for the holiday coming up, the Independence Day holiday. It's I, I, I can't bring myself to regularly call it the 4th of July. Every country yeah. has a 4th of July. <laughs> yeah. Every country has their own Independence Day, I guess. But that so Independence Day it was what makes it uniquely American and that's why the British it's just another day but the AAA is expecting record travel so if you're going to go someplace there's going to be a bunch of people on the road with you uh, they estimate 50.7 million people are going to oh, be gosh. traveling and that, by traveling they mean leaving more than going more than 50 miles away from where they stay at 
Yeah. And that's the it's a new record for their estimation. The first record was set in 2019 before the whole COVID thing got uh, got going. And you go on to say they expect the people traveling by car, 43.2 million, which is an increase from last year. And the air travel is supposed to break a record, too, with four, over 4 million passengers flying. So airports are going to be real fun this weekend. Oh, God, yeah. And that is an over 10% increase from just last year. And the record again for that was set in 2019. So... They're saying gas prices have dropped considerably. The price of gas average across the country was $4.80 last 4th of July. And then this year, it's between $3.50 and $3.60. It all, it's, that's a nationwide average, obviously. So yeah. it depends on where you are. So And the INRIX, which is an index of uh, the transportation data and their insights. They say Friday is going to be the bu busiest travel day of the weekend, surprising absolutely zero people who have given this any thought at all. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, 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 it's And it's weird because I guess people are going to go somewhere Friday after work. Right. But when are they off? Because the 4th is Tuesday. Yes. And so people, I wonder if people have lucked out and where they ever they work, they're closed Monday and Tuesday, I wonder. It's all, it all comes down how to do the... you travel if it's at a Tuesday, you know? Yeah, it all comes down <laughs> to the what the company that you work for decides to do. Some places are going to be open, business as usual, on the 3rd, closed on Independence Day. And others are going to just say, you know, if people show up on Monday, they won't really be working anyway. So, well, we'll yeah. just stay closed <laughs> yeah, because we know how people uh, tend to be. So they also say that traveling, if you're traveling on that Friday, you should leave in the morning or after 6 p.m. to avoid the heaviest traffic. Uh, so yeah, I say everyone <laughs> should do that and make that the heaviest travel. And the people leaving at 11 are going like, great. Right. Where is everybody? So. <laughs> right. There you go. Oh, uh, gosh. If you're well, going anywhere for Independence Day and that weekend, be ready to share the road and have plenty of snacks and water with you so you don't get hangry. Yes. And and f four days after that is Burt Kreischer's fully loaded comedy festival at right. AutoZone Park. That's on the 8th. So just an FYI. And you can find out more about that on our Facebook page and uh, possibly on our website, too. Possibly? That's going to be fun. That's, we should maybe, is it on? Is it we up? should maybe make that a definitive. Uh, well, yes, it's definitely it on is, Facebook. It is on our website. It is positively. <laughs> yes, it is and there. And there's a link. Okay. And there's a link to tickets on the Facebook page, too. So that'll be fun. Um, we were talking about, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so hot this week. Yes. And heat brings our least favorite bug in the whole wide world, mosquitoes. Uh. And there's a survey that finds most parts of the United States are now seeing more mosquito days compared to decades ago. Right. What because constitutes a mosquito day? A mosquito day is they love it hot. Okay. They love it hot, and not, but not over 95 degrees. Well, who does? So since, you know, summer's... Now, we did... I did get excited the other day. We were talking about it. I actually feel like we had a spring. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, you know, not anymore. <laughs> summer's... <laughs> so, but, you know, it used to get... It seems like it would get uh, up to in the 90s before actual summer hit. Yes. Oh, it, well, not, yeah. not And it did this year, only like a couple of days. And it's usually, it seems like it lasts for t two or three weeks. And, you know, so we're robbed at the end of spring. Well, anyway, uh, I guess that it, but still, this study that they did but f from 1979 to 
2022 uh, saw that most areas of the United States in, had increased mosquito days, sometimes more than two weeks worth. Wow. So the Southeast, of course, is us. the worst. Yep. Uh, so the Southeast says copes with about 218 or 60% of the year, 218 days or 60% <laughs> of the year. Um, especially, you know, just all around down here. Yeah, it, it, there's there's plenty of spots where water gathers and plenty of rubber tires that gather water that mosquitoes just love. And just just p uh, puddles and ponds yeah. and retaining, you know, and just yucky, even if they're almost dry, it doesn't matter. There could be two drops of water somewhere and there's friggin' that's, mosquitoes living in that's it. That's enough for them, right? And I love that they love the hot, but not over 95 degrees. It's like there's a sweet spot of heat for the mosquito. I know. I know. It's Anything really else, annoying. And, they're, and over 95, and they're just as heat exhausted as we are and are just going to take the day off. So I yeah. can't blame them for that. So good good for Texas for not having them lately because they're in, they've been having heat in indices over 120. Wow. <laughs> That's so, helpful. Also glad I'm not uh, in that kind <laughs> of heat. If you I do, know. If you do hate the heat and the mosquitoes and just want to chunk it all and go someplace where they're probably not going to be around, I have a lead for you right here. Okay. There is a set of islands that will pay you $92,000 if you move there. Oh my gosh. These are out uh, and part of Ireland. They are, okay. they are wanting to pay this. They've got 30 remote Irish islands that they are trying to populate. This program's called Our Living Islands, and there's basically not many people living on these islands, and some of them, they, when they say remote, they mean remote, as in there's not a way to drive there. You've got to take uh, probably some kind of boat because they're not big enough for real airfields or anything. But they they have there have traditionally historically been you know, thriving communities there. They've just completely diminished because of how the world is. So yeah, they, Ireland wants to create more thriving communities there again, and they also want to diversify the island's economies and make the whole place more appealing. So they're looking at remote workers especially which tells me that these islands may be remote but they have good internet service so that's a <laughs> yeah. great big plus but even if they're otherwise cut off from the rest of the world if you've got internet that works just fine so and like i said some of these are tiny there's one that gives an example has a population of 160 people so if you really want really? to live in a small wow. town or really more of a village, then here's your chance. There's a catch, of course, because there's always a catch. The money that they pay you has to be spent on revitalizing a property. So you have to spend that money to buy a place and uh, own, the, own it and then reconstruct whatever building was there or build something you know, new out of it. So, and mm -hmm. then on top of that, it says, and while anyone can buy property in Ireland, it doesn't guarantee you the right to actually live there. So there's all <laughs> sorts of you know hurdles regarding you know maybe dual citizenship or naturalization or just getting a work visa or something like that. So there's yeah. a couple hurdles, but you know if you want to live by the ocean and a small town is fine with you so long as there's good internet then you know look into this program from ireland because you might want to give it a thought giving away some other parts of the world are going 
We've been talking about wanting to go there, not live there necessarily, but right. go just go there. You know, it's I'd just love to see. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, it looks it looks absolutely gorgeous. Well, very cool. Yeah. Uh, text eight seven eight nine four two zero. Of course, any time for lawyer Bill. Yesterday, we were talking about a new app that's around called the Front Door app where right. people can, it's a free app and the first call is free and then it's like a monthly, you pay a monthly uh, fee, but it's it's kind of like what doctors have done as far as telehealth video calls with people. This is if you need, you know, uh, uh, help fixing something at your house right? or just, you know, something not really big, maybe how do you change a filter in your AC unit or how do you, um, you know, fix something on your toilet or under your sink? Or how do you take down wallpaper or just things like that? Yeah. And it's called Front Door. Well, Henry uh, texted and said Front Door is Memphis-based. Really? Huh. Yeah. He said it used to be called American Home Shield, which I've heard oh, of. Oh, yeah. And he said they rebranded. They were part of Service Master. So cool. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So a p- little plug for a Memphis business, the Front Door app. Very cool. Nice. Um. Polly says he's always he's always bringing up NASCAR because he loves NASCAR. Well, the, uh, this weekend is the street race in Chicago. He says, and he said I'll remind y'all tomorrow. So you yeah, well you, you're reminding me now, Polly, because you texted it. That's right. It's well, Sunday at four thirty on NBC. So, so if you're into that, they do, do they literally race through the streets of Chicago? I'm assuming. That, yeah, that would be something. I to think see. I've heard of that. Um, that would be dangerous. Well, yeah, I was thinking the the, dif- the difficulty level is not everyone in Chicago got the memory that so, uh, memo that some of the roads are closed. Yeah, maybe it's not cobblestones like Beale Street. <laughs> that <laughs> would be crazy. Yeah, I think parts of it are not. So, okay, yeah. no, that could I be know. fun. And and yeah. like like a lot of racing fans, a lot of people are going to be watching for the disasters and wrecks, which are just going to be more interesting because it's right in the middle of Chicago. I know. I don't know how, so I don't know how that works. He can elaborate on that and we'll see. <laughs> Danger level is also, it, you have to travel through the south side unarmed. I was going to say, like, do you have to go, oh, you used to live there, didn't you? I, I lived, well, when I was when a wee lad, I lived in a suburb okay. up there and you know, visited. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is a straightaway or do they have to go around a block or two blocks. Yeah. I don't know. So we'll, I'll have to look that up. Um, Eight seven eight nine four two zero is the text line. Text anytime, especially for Bill. He'll be here Thursday. And this I found kind of I, I don't know I don't really have a dolphin fetish, but a, but sort of because they're just cute and really smart. Okay, and, and it's, mean, it's but it's not ahead. like you. Are they mean? Sometimes, oh, are they yeah. mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, they're, they're, they they got to live in the freaking ocean. You I guess it depends on on the individual dolphin, and I you know I shouldn't paint all dolphins with too broad of a brush. And what you just said, they have to live in the ocean, which you know we have not kept the cleanest place around. So true, and there are sharks and whales and things that could you know eat you. But dolphins, there's a new study on dolphins, and they're already smart enough. But like when people people apparently aren't the only ones who kind of baby talk to their kids right because a new study found that dolphins do that no oh, nice isn't that funny That's... they baby talk to their kids their babies um research they they recorded like the, the dolphins kind of whistle i guess yeah and whistle so they and chatter and yeah oh yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> um What's the dolphin? What, who's uh, Flipper? Yeah. Was Flipper a dolphin? Yeah. Flipper was a dolphin. And I, I remember that from reruns <laughs> and uh, everyone under 30 is going, who? What's a I Flipper? know. I don't even know. I, I probably watched it. I have no idea. But so researchers recorded 
the whistles of some mother dolphins in Florida. And I don't know how long they did this, this, this study for a while, was, was for a while, I guess. But they recorded them with their offspring and then swimming alone or with other adults. And they're, you know, because their whistle is, is really, a, a really unique and it's right. important to, uh, it's like, it's the same thing as like calling out their own name, really. They use these whistles to keep track of each other, you know, the saying like, I'm here, I'm here. When directing the signal to the calves, the babies, the, the, they found that the pitch of it is higher. So, okay. Isn't well, that, isn't that bad, weird? Bad. It's higher so. and her pitch range is greater than usual. Uh, and it said it was true for every one of the moms in the study, all 19 huh. of, of them. They, uh, when they were with the baby and calling out to the baby, that their pitch and their range was different than their other whistles. Okay. Huh? So maybe it's a mammal thing. I, that, that could be. Yeah, so, I don't know, but but it's 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 I'm, you know it's female rhesus monkeys uh, do the same thing. They 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 call to their offspring to get their attention in a different pitch or a different call as well. It that, says that is interesting. Also, also uh, what what struck me when you read down that was that they recorded it the dolphins with their offspring, and then when they were in groups or alone, so even dolphins are talking to themselves. So anxiety <laughs> is just everywhere. <laughs> Right, exactly. So dolphins are smart, and they call their babies in a different way, just oh, like when we, good. just like when we talk to our dogs. That's right, and the dogs <laughs> like it that way. They appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. On the uh, general subject of kids, I've got two stories about Gen Z. Okay. One of them seems overblown. Other, this first one though seems practical. Actually, the headline on this first one is Gen Zers need corporate America one hundred and one. And it's talking about how this is from Quartz. Recent classes of undergraduates have entered corporate America with a very different fashion than previous generations. Well, yeah. And it says Gen Zers are logging into work from the comfort of their homes more often than going into any kind of office. But this is posing some challenges that people have noticed trending. They say okay. the Wall Street Journal is saying that the post-pandemic grads are struggling with workplace etiquette and the younger employees are missing out on working alongside mentors and senior leadership. It seems like you could do that remotely on joint calls, but maybe not. I guess it's easier in person. And they say presenting or networking in person can be challenging after years of speaking only on Zoom. And I have to say, depending on the industry, those could be fair points. There's some yeah. there's some industries where collaborative work in an office works out better, and then there's others where everyone can be scattered across the globe and be just as productive. For the former one, though, there's some companies and universities that are rolling out classes to help professionals of the Z generation navigate quote the quirks of corporate America end quote quirks indeed. We've both been yeah. kind of in corporate America and uh, quirks. Is <laughs> putting it mildly. To, yeah, I was, I was saying, if you want to use that nice word, quirks. Yeah. No. Um, well, I'm looking up, not to interrupt. So Gen Zers, they're between 8 and 23 years old. Right. So I, I was thinking that they were, I always forget and have to look it up. Like, I don't know who's in their 30s, who's in their 40s, who's, whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. But, you and I are Gen X, but yes. that's the cool, that's the cool, and, the coolest Gen, Gen and, X, yes. FYI. Yes, that, and uh, 
Gen Z is, we both have kids in Gen Z. So yes. that's, that's, they fall square into that like we fall square into Gen X, which was always fun work. watching the, uh, the millennials take on the boomers and we're just sitting on the sidelines eating popcorn, watching them go after each yeah. other. It was just, just <laughs> yes. right. Yes. But uh, some of these classes uh, that are talking about are covering topics like ta uh, conducting in-person conversations. Again, kind of fair because there's a lot of you know, remote conversations going on and maintaining well, yes, eye yeah. contact. There's also uh, a university offering its business majors, practical workplace skills, just simple things like introducing yourself, networking, reading body language, and uh, going through what dress codes mean. And, you know, those kind of things anyone could really I, I use. I was going to say. Unless yeah. you, unless from the time you walked into, if you went to college, college, or went into you know some sort of suit and tie business, I don't know, office or uh, career. Yeah. You just, you don't necessarily know these things. I don't know what business casual means. Does it mean I can could wear sh jeans and a, a polo shirt is that business casual or is it is yeah, it mean, I, think, I would think or does it mean slacks and a tie but no jackets and can you wear a printed shirt well, or does it need point. to be one color for for casual you know? <laughs> no that part doesn't matter oh, but no that's a good point but do our parents not teaching i mean this is something that okay because i mean i get yes they need to learn to speak to someone face to face because they're just in their phone all the time and they're not calling each other they're snapping each other or texting each other so they don't even have to talk to their friends even their friends on the phone because because of freaking snapchat um and they do need to learn you know everything else too i mean besides yeah, manners but but, but corporate yes and they they are going to change the way business and that environment works over time. But I, this isn't a slam on them in any way because they can communicate no. and they can do it very well. You listen to a, a group of, uh, say, kids between 16 and 23. I'm calling them mm -hmm. all kids because they're under 30 and I'm old and yeah. I'm maintaining that right now. Die on that hill right now. But <laughs> and you listen to them, get six of them on headsets playing some first-person shooter game or any other kind of game where communication yeah. is critical in real time and they mm -hmm. they have got it down they know oh, yeah. know how yeah. to talk they know how to manage a team like that i mean in warcraft there are you know raids with 30 characters sometimes 30 individuals oh, wow. And yeah. there are people in playing these games that are young that know how to manage that kind of groups some people that they know and some people that are just along for that particular ride but they can they know how to manage them and get people in the right places and uh, give the right cues to do the right action so th these kids know how to communicate this this whole thing is trying to teach them how to communicate with older people who are not used to how they communicate right and that's generally impractical and 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 useful and i, I so that, I agree. I, I'm I'm generally good with that. What I'm not good is with this next more hysterical one. Gen Z <laughs> never learned cursive, and the not effects true. of this are more widespread than you think. Mine did. He's 15. He learned cursive. Uh, uh, mine is older than that, and yeah. he he kind of knows cursive, but doesn't really use it, and. Uh, 
again, it's sad, I, well, it's sad. Well, it, it, if it's sad, fine. But let's not make fun of the Gen Z kids for not knowing cursive. Yeah, who, not their who fault. didn't teach them cursive? True. Not the, the Gen Z did not get together in fourth, fifth, and sixth grade and stand united in a union with their arms crossed, looking at the grown-ups saying, "You know, we're not going to learn cursive, and you can't make us." <laughs> okay, I guess so. No, it was removed from from the uh, curriculums by education professionals who saw that on a practical day-to-day -day basis it's not all that important especially in a world where keyboards are everywhere yeah, and that's what's everywhere. used more than anything else but the the story is focusing on the um, on archives and records because there's so many historical archives that are written in cursive and have never been digitized or translated from oh, okay. a, a picture of a document written in cursive to it being typed out. And the, the Atlantic who ran the story says, in the future, cursive will have to be taught to scholars the way Elizabethan secretary hand or paleography is today. Or is oh, paleography is today. Yeah. Because there's, those are like shorthand. I, I guess oh, there are still secretaries that, that get oh my God. that are you know, writing in shorthand as the person they secretary for is yeah. dictating a letter or something. But these things pass. I mean, no one is wringing their hands that you know, they're not teaching Elizabethan secretary hand in school anymore. <laughs> I know. So, but what, what, I mean, what needs to be read? Like, why are the effects more widespread? What, what are people trying to read and can't? Well, or is that my, well, is that the question? Yeah, that, but I mean, it's not a problem right now. They're looking ahead that it would be a problem in the future. But oh, the, because, okay. yeah, and the kind of things that they're talking about are, say, the letters of the founding fathers. They did not type those. Turns oh, out, yeah. you know, those are <laughs> no, all no. handwritten in cursive <laughs> and using a form of English that is a little bit different than the form is today, which is one more uh, problem on top of that. But again, if you're a Gen Zer and you are a programmer or an auto mechanic or a lawyer, you yeah. don't need cursive all that much to do your job. Right. I mean, yeah. am I am I wrong in this? No, and, I get, no. I mean, no. I, I, it's it's. I'm glad that that ours were, you know, learned cursive. Although, yeah, when I think about it now, if if, if my kid writes a note or something, it's not in cursive. Right. His but, name on his paper is when he turns it in. Right. But the paper, uh, anything he's had to write, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Ugh. The, uh, I don't uh, know. Yeah, there, I don't think it was. And there's a uh, woman quoted in here, uh, Cindy Long, an article for the National Education Association, and she's saying, on Team Cursive, advocates point to the many studies that have shown that learning cursive not only improves retention and comprehension, it engages the brain on a deep level as students learn to join letters in a continuous flow. It also enhances fine motor dexterity and gives children a better idea of how words work in combination. I, Does it? Well, to a point. <laughs> when you write something down, instead of typing it, if you take a pen or pencil and write a thing on paper, you are indeed mm -hmm. more likely to re remember that and just retain that memory for oh, longer. definitely. Because definitely. of the, yes. the, your hand connection to the pen, the paper. That, yes. that helps that better than typing does. Totally but agree. On the other hand, cursive was basically invented to keep ink splotches to a minimum 
because people were writing with quills oh. dipped in inkwell. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the fewer, yeah, the fewer times you had to lift that goose quill off the parchment, the less likely you were to have ink blotches spoiling your I nice handwriting. Didn't even think about that right off. <laughs> yeah, That's, yes. That okay. is not so much a problem. And I, I learned cursive. I remember repeatedly doing letters in third grade to oh, yes. no curse. And these days I write pen to paper a lot and I in a word sometimes will jump between cursive and printed letters. I was just about to say I do the exact same thing. <laughs> so like I always do my S not in cursive, but I'll do a T like if I write Tuesday, T U E well, no, I'm reading something right now. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, mine's like half and half. Right, and and if I'm in a hurry, and sometimes it doesn't look, it it resembles the cursive letters as they're supposed to be done properly, only mm-hmm. in the fact that they are ink marks on paper. <laughs> they don't That's resemble funny. the letters. Maybe the first letter is, and there's a bump in there someplace and a dot over what might be an I or a J. I have to study it later on just to be sure. Well, and, and from what I remember, just from seeing your writing before, you write really small. Really I, small. Yeah, I do. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, there, I think that originated, I don't know exactly how, but I remember then when I was a senior in high school, my history teacher, hi, Miss Short, uh, <laughs> wouldn't let us use college rule paper. We had to use the larger line paper. Oh, yeah. So yeah. even on that larger line paper, I think just to be contrary and irritating, I wrote really small and used like half of the line. <laughs> so it was just as small as it would have been on college rule. And I, I probably gave her unnecessary headaches. So uh, sorry about that, Miss Short. That's funny. That's funny. I remember... I would if we if I was writing something, it would always start like being slanted. Like the top left would be higher than the bottom right if it was a sentence. <laughs> yes. If I, unless I had lines, and I had to have lines. I, yeah, I totally couldn't control it. I don't know why. And then on the chalkboard, <laughs> it's like the uh, upswing of it a was graph. Worse. Yeah, yeah, it was worse. It was worse. Oh, so uh, there we go. That's there's funny. there's that's my funny. there's my take on Gen Z's rea- reactions to Gen Z. So yeah. You kids go. I love you. Yeah, I love you too, mostly. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> when you behave and clean up your room. Um, there, do you do you eat Oreos, Wesley? I have been known to. I love them. They are very dangerous because if I have one, uh, like ten minutes later, the whole package is gone, oh my God, and I funny. don't know what happened. I think just a troll <laughs> came, reached an arm through some portal somewhere and took them. Some Must be the case. <laughs> Must be the case. They're always changing. Um, flavors and and introducing you know seasonal flavors and then right. taking them away i guess and i don't really i hate the inside because it's just like <laughs> sprinkling sugar in crisco <laughs> that's so what it tastes like to that. me I, I, somebody <laughs> sprinkled sugar in the crisco and stirred it up but anyway and maybe some flour but i love the chocolate the chocolate cookie part i don't right. like the yeah. um, i like the middle but there is a new limited edition oreo all right what is this one is it about summer and no, it's about a game. It's huh. it's Mario. It's Super Mario characters <laughs> tastes on like Oreo mushroom, cookies. Tastes like yeah. mushroom and turtles. Yeah, I guess. And, ever, <laughs> and and when you get to the very end of the package, there's this, this note saying, "Sorry, your other five cookies are in another package." Sorry, Mario. That that would be funny. That would be funny. These Oreos, it's a limited edition Oreos are Oreo X Super Mario cookies. 
Um, I don't know if they're in a store, oreo.com backslash Super Mario, but each package has, uh, they have uh, like an assortment of double stuffed cookies, and then they're like, I guess, like embossed, I guess kind of stamped, with 16 different Super Mario characters. <laughs> Collect them all. <laughs> Collect them all. I know, I feel like a Saturday morning cartoon commercial. <laughs> There's Mario, Luigi, a superstar, and baddies like Bowser and a Goomba. I don't know what that means because I don't play. I never played Super Mario. I'm sure you did. Oh, um, <laughs> how many but, hours did I spend on that? Yeah. But if Oreo I try real hard, I can beat my speed one record this time by two seconds. By two seconds. Oreo wants Super Mario fans to also join in on social media. Because when the cookies arrive, and hopefully there's a date on this, so because you know people are on the edge of their seat and all. I know. Oh, okay, I, I, I it, am. They're hitting stores nationwide July 10th, so okay. that's very soon. When the that's like next week. When the um, when they'll uh, when the cookies are here, there's there's a thing on social media. So here's the premise. It says, okay. "Princess Peach." Okay, I remember a Princess Peach. Yes. She's missing from the cookies. She's in another so package. She, so, yeah, well, it says, so while she's out of pocket, Oreo has a social media mission using the cookies that's meant to stop Bowser's plan to take over the Mushroom Kingdom. That Bowser um, always calls in trouble. You're supposed to, on the rim of your glass of milk, because we all dip our Oreos uh, in milk, well, I guess. That, I mean, did yeah, you? I, <laughs> I think when I had the patience, sure. I can't, I can't stand like dry stuff going into wet stuff or warm stuff next to cold stuff. I can't stand it. I do not put ice cream on cake. It's disgusting. Anyway, on the rim of You're your... Like the and only I don't, person I know who God, I has that. that particular I don't want it to touch. Thing. I don't want it to touch. And I think that's why my kid is like that too. And I don't want cold ketchup on my fries. I put it in a bowl and put it in the microwave. No. Because my husband insists on putting the ketchup in the fridge. Anyway, um, here, here's how to play along with the Oreo. Okay, uh, uh, yeah, Mario this is what I've been Oreos. waiting for. I am taking notes in cursive. Okay, yes. On the rim of a glass of milk, stack as many Oreos as you can on top of a Bowser one. So put Bowser on the bottom. Okay. And then once his cookie falls into the milk, he's defeated. Now, <laughs> now wait a minute. That's okay. not all. That's part Oreo. one. That's part one. Oreo wants you to share the video of your cookie experience online using hashtag Super Mario Oreo on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or TikTok. Well, I'm there. Do I win something? I mean, do I win something? No, that, you just, they just want to, oh. they just wanted people to do it. <laughs> okay. I know. I know. So anyway, if you care, there's Super Mario Oreos uh, coming out July 10th. There should be a mushroom flavor. I, I think they're missing out on that. Yuck. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, God, I want to barf. Oh, God, I don't like mushrooms. I mean, sometimes I'll put some on pizza, but very, uh, very rare. Yeah, there's a friend of mine who can't they're, abide they're, them at all either. Their consistency is just is rubber. It's like uh, rubber. It's tasty, tasty fungi. <laughs> rubber. Speaking of food, you food got something. Food and fruit, yes. I've got this. Uh, this was an event. This is in England. The National Trust property in Cornwell has an annual thing. It's a place called Calstock there. It's a medieval grounds, medieval house, and the pictures of it are just gorgeous. And they have an event in, uh, in late June every year. It goes a couple of days. It's this big pick-your-own-cherries kind of event. Okay. All right. The the cherry orchards have been blossoming since 2004. The last few years, there have been a bunch of them. So they started doing this every year to, I guess, spread the love and get 
people to come by and clear off the cherry trees for them and just take the cherries away. Well, they have been saved the trouble completely this year because the 80 trees that they've got there have been cleared of cherries by, oh? quote, very cheeky blackbirds. Oh, <laughs> that's annoying. 80 trees worth of cherries. The the blackbirds noticed that there's a lot of food here. And so they just moved in the week before this whole event was supposed to start and cleared things out. So they've had to cancel this thing. They're going to try an apple picking event later this year. That might be fruit that's too big for the blackbirds to eat and carry off. But, you know, I would not put it past them. So nature just taking care of nature and spoiling some fun for the people. That sucks, but you don't want to put <laughs> stuff on it to... I mean, you, well, it, it wouldn't, it, it would only kill the bugs anyway if you put something on the trees. Yeah, the, the birds wouldn't, would still the be, birds well, wouldn't care, now, I guess. now they've taken away the garnishes, but we still have our cherries. Dagnabbit. <laughs> uh, well, something else is gone as far as fruit that people love to eat during the summer. Well, a lot of people do. Some, t some people do. If you can get past the fuzz. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Wesley? It, Peaches. It, it, I was going to say, is peach fuzz another one of your things you don't like touching? <laughs> No, I will eat a peach. I'll okay. eat an entire peach. I love them, especially from Georgia. Unfortunately, they had it really bad this year, and the Georgia peaches you might not find. You might you really might not find many uh, around at all in stores because of a triple whammy, the story says. Um, December and February were way warm, yeah. and then there was a frost in March. So Georgia peaches got the shaft this year, and... Um, this uh, horticulture professor says that might mean that over 90% of this year's peach crop is going to be done. Or oh, wow. Is done. And it might grow to 95% if when growing season comes to an end. So I love going to Whole Foods and looking for Georgia peaches because sometimes they have them, but might maybe not this year. So, yeah. But you're they too, did not I, do well. So look they, for the price of peaches to skyrocket then. Yeah, if you can even find them. Um it's uh, it's it says it seems odd that unseasonably warm weather would hurt them, but peach trees need a certain number of cool, a certain period of cool time while lying dormant in the winter. So like mm. periods when they rest at like between 32 and 45 degrees Fahrenheit, and I just they just that so, the, the weather did not cooperate this this go round and that's not happening. So. so they're suffering. So instead of peaches, just get a pizza. Okay. There's that. Uh, the story about <laughs> yeah, on yeah, we we plugged uh, Oreos, so we might as well plug this place. Domino's is upping its delivery game, says the headline. Okay. And it, uh, the story opens up by the uh, telling the story from Seinfeld, something I never saw. Uh, Elaine is upset that a restaurant won't deliver to her apartment, so she pretends to live in a janitor's closet across the street. Oh, I didn't see that one either. I, uh, I didn't see but one or two episodes of Seinfeld the whole time and just didn't oh, get wow. it. But maybe that's just oh. me. Uh, <laughs> Domino's, though, what they're doing is changing things to where you don't even have to put in an address. So just about anywhere in their range, you'll be able to get a pizza. It's this deal called Pinpoint Delivery. Hmm. So the customer can... Uh, put an order to be delivered anywhere if they're in range and there's a place for the delivery guy to put pull the car over and get out. So if you want it, say, in the middle of the Mojave Desert, then probably <laughs> not. But if you're at your you know, 
say, Shelby Farm someplace, then that would be doable. Uh, they say that to do it, you've got to open up Google Maps. There's Yes, of course. Yeah. The, okay. First, well, you open Domino's app, and then you drop a pin on the Google Map within that app. And okay. that will that's where you're showing where you're going to be. And then you uh, put in the order. You can track it through text and GPS. And you've just got to be there when the driver shows up uh, within four minutes. That's how long they'll wait. And then they'll just move along. And they also say it's helpful to enter a visual description of yourself so that they don't deliver it to you know, someone who's just standing there. Yeah. And the guy goes, another park bench. So you call for a pizza. Uh, yes. Yes, I did. Yeah. Right here. I'll yeah, take it. Right. Okay. Because who's going to say no to that? <laughs> no, that's pretty cool. That's it's, that's pretty cool. I mean, it, you a lot of things you let your phone know your location anyway. If right? you're using a map, you kind of have to to find where you're going. So if they're, you know, if they want you want Domino's to track you that way. So yeah, I'm well. <laughs> in, at this point, why not? Or you can delete the thing when you're done. I guess it doesn't yeah. really matter. But you know, this is this is smart because that will. If the other places won't do it, and you want a pizza there in the park, this is this is your way to do it. And uh, yeah. other places yeah. are going to have to step up. So I, I would look for this to be an option on the other major pizza delivery places, probably real real soon. I bet you. I bet so. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, this is something I had no idea. Well, I don't know. I've never been to Oregon. I know I hear it's beautiful. Here's a trail. Uh, but there, yeah, yeah, it turns out. There, this is something that, that Oregon has always done or done for a really long time. And it's about to, it, it's, there has been a ban in Oregon on this for 72 years. And it's about to go away. Oh, wow. What is when, So let me ask you this. Because okay. the, there were places in Memphis that did this. When, when you and I were, were, were kids and, but I don't know if they're still, mm, I don't know if they're still around. Um, when you were a kid in your, in the car with your mom or dad, you mm -hmm. know, or grandmother or whoever, and you had to go get gas. Well, somebody would, did your mom or dad or grandmother get out of the car and pump gas? Oh, okay. Probably not. The attendant would come and pump gas for you. Remember? I, I remember when that was a thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, and then they might uh, clean your windshield too, you know, with the squeegee thing. Right. Well, anyway, in Bend, Oregon, this is still a thing. There's still attendants that pump your gas in Oregon. Now, okay. Uh, or New, maybe, maybe in the whole state. Let me, let me see if it's I was going to say, cause New no. Jersey for, of the longest time had that yeah, same law. You couldn't pump your own gas. I, I don't remember when that changed. You're exactly right. Yeah. And it's the whole state of Oregon. The whole state of Oregon has always, or for 72 years since 1951 has, has had, um, attendants pump your gas and that is about to change. There, so, the, so this is no longer a job for, for professionals then. Right. you got to get your ass out of your car in the cold <laughs> Oregon yourself. weather and pump your own darn gas. No, it says uh, in an economy that, that is enjoying near full employment, stations have had a hard time filling these jobs, causing motorists longer waits as a few attendants fit, you know, can do it between several pumps. As a right. result, the oil companies have wanted the law changed. So the Northwest Grocery Association argued that, that letting a self-service that uh, – Allowing self-service wouldn't cost jobs because understaffing has caused them to shut down half of the pumps anyway. <laughs> so, See, it's working out. It makes out. sense. I mean, yeah. it makes sense. But yeah, so I didn't even know that was 
who knew that was even still going on I, in, the, in the entire state of Oregon? I, I, rem- I didn't know Oregon ever, ever even had that law. I, I remember being very surprised when I learned that you couldn't do it yourself in New Jersey. And yeah. So, well, okay. So they're passing it along from seasoned professional teenagers to the uh, the random adult can just go there and pump their own gas now. And they'll just have to be trusted to you know, not set the place on fire. I know, right? You know, you said New Jersey. The uh, the Oregonian newspaper says this only leaves New Jersey as oh, the state. Oh, so it's still New Jersey. The last state Whoa, that, that okay. requires gas station attendance. New wow. York, New Jersey, keeping it keeping it pro for the gasoline <laughs> pumps. Okay. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, all right, I've got one funny-ish kind of stupid story here to wrap things up with. There's okay. a there's a restaurant in California. They have been ordered to pay $140,000 in back wages and damages to employees. Why? Because it hired a priest to take their confessions, the confessions of the workers, and ask them all sorts of things to get their sins out. They did it during work hours and included amongst the questions asking the workers if they had been late for work, if they had stolen money from the restaurant, or had bad intentions toward their employers because... Yeah, priest, confession. <laughs> well, confession, priest. It's supposed to be you know sacred, and you can't you know the priest isn't supposed to go and spill the beans to the employer about if right. his employees confess to stealing or not. Except this one wasn't a real priest. It was oh, just a dude, and I guess a Cossack and a staff or something. Oh my god. And so there's the employees have raised a stink about this and complained about how the restaurant offered this supposed priest to get their sins and a manager falsely claimed that immigration issues would be raised by the department of uh, department's investigation so they threatened that too oh my gosh yeah this place is called where it's garibaldi something no relation to the local garibaldi uh the owner's (laughs) name is che garibaldi and it's takira garibaldi in northern california where this happened so we love our local garibaldi's people you guys are just awesome and not related to this at all the catholic diocese around there in sacramento said that they have no evidence of any connection between this fake priest and their diocese not us so don't blame us so, oh my gosh! Yeah, the investigators also found that the restaurant denied employee employees overtime pay. Managers were paid bonuses from the employee tip pool. Oh, uh, what an a hole! And some company. employees faced adverse immigration consequences for cooperating with the investigators, i.e., this uh, fake priest that they brought in. And so they have to pay that one hundred forty thousand dollars, and also pay five thousand dollars in civil penalties. If you're gonna, if you suspect your employees of ripping you off uh, this is not the anyway. way to go about fighting put up <laughs> some cameras that's yeah. legal there you go fake priest not so much that's insane that they went that far to <laughs> i know to do this i mean that's just this that is that's insane it, and i will attest that that is no relation to the local memphis and germantown garibaldi's because i worked there in the late 90s right so see so, they're all awesome good. place to work
And you're all good. So thanks for listening to us. The text line again for anything is 901-878-9420. Lawyer Bill will be here to get your questions answered. So send those on in a personal matter. Uh, We won't say who you are. We'll keep your secrecy. That's fine. No fake priest to investigate you at all. (laughs) Or if you just have a weird legal question, that would be fine too. And I mean, a lot of times people have questions about, well, after these storms and trees falling, I mean, if you have, if your neighbor's tree, hopefully, I mean, God forbid, but landed on your car and what, what do you do? Well, we always get those questions for Bill. And so. Bill always has the answer. So yep. be ready for those. Great suggestions. So yeah. And where to start. So send those on in and go visit our socials too, because Sid works really hard on those guys. <laughs> I try to, I try to involve people and we'll have some, we'll do a thing and, and do some, uh, some, some of your Facebook comments. Cause I did, what did I do? Um, what did I post the, uh, oh, oh yeah. We, the, we talked about it the other day. The, um, the most tiring band that you've ever oh, seen yeah. live and, and tiring in a good way. Like right. you danced your butt off and th- we had some great answers and I mean, stories about it, not just the, ba- oh, the name of a band. Yeah, it was great. The so, stories are the best. We'll get ones. to those. Excellent. So there we go. And we will talk at you again later. Uh, thank you for listening. This is Drake Digital.